This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. So I asked Dr. Benzinger to be on the Humerian Health Podcast today. Yes, you did. <laughs> because I disinvited him for a couple of recordings that we've done over the past few months that are going to be coming out on I our podcast I can't wait to hear channel. them after I, what I've done in the past. I know. I think that's called a setup. It is. No. Actually, so we're just going to do a little, this is a Dimensions of Health podcast okay. that you guys are about to listen to. And it's not that we haven't done podcasts in the past that map to our Dimensions of Health. We can. That's kind of how we work. But yeah. this is sort of our official launch of the Dimensions of Health. Official launch. <laughs> right. Um, and so what's interesting, I mean, we've done a lot of interviews um, in the past with yeah. authors um, and medical professionals and things like that. And we're going to continue to do that because those are amazing. And we have actually a bunch in our stable of podcasts coming out the rest yeah. of the year. They're very exciting. Right. Um, but we have expanded our kind of our purview, as it were, and started to talk to other types of professionals um, and folks that do various things in the dimensions of health, which are nutrition, exercise, mental health, spirituality, environmental, and social connection. Those are our six. And so we have talked to weightlifters, spiritual directors, Reiki masters, hypnotists, Kind of across the board, lots of different folks, and we actually have a lot of more folks to talk to and record uh, kind of coming up later on this year. So, yeah, so that's kind of the sum-sum. I haven't let you talk at all, actually, Dr. Benzinger, about any of that. I sound much better when I'm not speaking. (laughs) No, a face for radio. Well, you know what the the issue is, is that the reasons that we even set up these uh, dimensions of health, and we've mentioned it before, and we just want to clarify – the truth is, when you're looking for balance of life, it's really these categories that are going to touch your life. Right. And and understanding that, because when all of a sudden you're presented with what you have to do to help yourself, uh, it's overwhelming. Right. And honestly, when you can you can look at it and say, hey, here's the nutrition thing, and I'm choosing one thing in that, and here's the exercise thing, and I can't go to the gym, but I can do... I can uh, walk. I can Yeah, I can walk. walk. I, yeah. Can, I can dance around the house for 30 minutes yeah. because I enjoy music whatever, mental health, that you decide to read a book that's going to be encouraging when life seems so discouraging, spirituality, be able to listen to some of our, our, our podcast on uh, with pastors and counselors and um, uh, those uh, from other walks of religious belief and, and how the Spirit affects your life, environmental of what's in your mm-hmm. environment that you didn't think about, such as plugins and candles and things like that, that they might not be healthy for you while somebody else might be fine with it, but you right. need to know. And then most importantly is what we've done to isolate, yeah, to feel lonely. Um, those are our categories, and that's what's so important about this kind of lead-in of, hey, we put it in this category to relate to you and see if that just happens to be the one thing that you needed to add to your life Right. To improve your right. life. Yeah. So. And what we learned is as we've been doing podcasts and we've been talking to more and more people, yeah. we found people saying things like, I don't know, what about Reiki? Or what do you guys think about just, mm-hmm. you know, counseling in general or whatever? Acupuncture. Acupun- how do you integrate exactly. it all? Yeah. And do you have to do it all? And yeah. and so just, how can you do it all? Because you can't afford it all and you right. can't. And do you have to eat always? Uh, everything has to be organic food. No, it doesn't have to be. Well, which ones are they? It's. It makes it so you can fit right. your life, your time, your budget, and most importantly, we want you to hear one thing, and that is simply that you're so valuable to us. That's why we're doing this. 
that each one of you individually, uh, Amy and I, support each other and push each other and challenge mm-hmm. each other in our own lives. We want you to know that everything that we do is to push, challenge, and encourage you because you're valuable. Yeah. Whether it's to your family, people around you, work, people watch. And they and you're valuable and you're important. And if you don't look at yourself that way, it's going to be something that you're not going to accomplish everything you want to and maybe just a few things that you really desired. And that's the reason for doing our Dimensions of Health. Right. So without further ado, we are going to jump into the first official, although we've had several others, um, podcast. Unofficial. Unofficial podcast. No, they're all official. Anyway, our first one, uh, which is with actually a personal friend of mine, which is why I super enjoyed having her on the podcast. I didn't get to talk to her. I didn't get it. I I did that on purpose. I know. I'm afraid. Let's talk about... (laughs) A lot of the coaching mental problems that right. Dr. Benzinger has that I just can't deal yeah. with. I'm actually going to see if you will hire her for you later, actually. Yeah, anyway, anyway, just like, no. And here's your, right. here's your contract yeah. to sign, So without Dr. further Benzinger. ado, here's my interview with Cindy Weininger, an executive coach and personal friend. So we are here today at the Humane Health Podcast, and we are joined by Cindy Weininger. She is an executive coach and the founder of the Weininger Company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, how are you doing today, Cindy? I am great, Amy. Thanks for having me today. Great. It's pretty exciting to talk about something I love. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm very excited personally to share with our listeners what you do, um, because top secret. You were my executive coach once and you helped me out a lot, like a lot. Um, and it's funny because I don't see you formally anymore, but I still have lessons in my head that you have taught me. Um, and that maybe I perhaps didn't apply right away that are being applied years later. So, um, yeah, you're you nailed it over the years. Yeah. I will hand you that. Yes, exactly. Some of us are slower learners than others. That's what I say. Um, but so this is just part of a series of podcasts that we're doing to help people um, understand what different kinds of resources are available for them if they're looking to live their best life. Um, and I don't know how many people are necessarily familiar with executive coach um, or what that means, kind of, you know, what you might work on with an executive coach, that sort of thing. So I really would like to just sort of understand what an executive coach is. And so we kind of have a series of questions we're going to go through. But um, I'm just curious if you can share a little bit about um, how you got into being an executive coach, um, how long you've been one, you know, just kind of a little bit of, of your story. I would love to. I The core of it, I think, was being in a role for years. I spent 10 years in um, a Fortune 25 company and then another nine in a nonprofit and how the number of times I would hit a place where I needed somebody to just help me process through and probably build some skills to help accomplish something new. Um, And I, for me, that's how the love of this began because I could find mentors who really wanted to tell me what they thought I should do. Um, Mm -hmm. I could find counselors who want to get in my head and wonder why I'm asking these questions. (laughs) But at the root of it, I really needed somebody who knew how to listen and didn't need me to be who they wanted me to be but really had the training and the skill set to think about me and my situation and help guide me and say some things that would get my attention and then have some skills to help me build new territory, take new ground. Mm -hmm. And so that's really my kind of love affair with coaching. 
that started and I've been doing it. I started my business just over 13 years ago. Um, and you know, it's really evolved into helping kind of the whole process of getting good people into companies with good feedback. And, you know, one of the things that we see is the reason people leave companies is because of their manager. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the number one reason that people will leave a company is that they have a poor manager. They may love the company, but not their manager. Interesting. And yeah, so, you know, and what kind of my philosophy around coaching is, I'm not here to change you. I don't think that we fundamentally change. Hmm. I think I'm here to be a professional um listener and guide in saying okay let's don't change who you are but let's change some of the skills that you have and the way that you communicate with people um let's build your muscle Hmm, in this area okay yeah so that you know so it's really I, i always tease that it's sort of a love affair with this whole idea of making people uh better more fulfilled happier and the ripple effect of that back into their companies and their lives. So Mm -hmm. it's a little, I call it my addiction. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Well, and it's super interesting, right? Because I think that we are told a lot that we need to change, that you Mm -hmm. can change, that you should change. Um, And so I think it's an interesting way that you describe that like sort of fundamentally who we are as people is pretty hardwired at least this is I'm maybe putting words in your mouth so you can correct me Mm -mm. if I'm wrong but like we're kind of fundamentally who we are but the change that you're able to affect is really um like skill-based behaviors maybe how you communicate with someone maybe Mm -hmm. how you run a meeting even or something like that like you know kind of how to how to better be in your present environment that's kind of I think Mm -hmm. what I heard you say and like those things Mm -hmm. we certainly can quote unquote change but we're not really changing who we are. We're just changing how we live out ourselves in the environment that we're in. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm a, you know, I'm a case in point of, um, I use a, excuse me, an inventory that measures raw behavior. And what we know about behavior is we're largely fundamentally who we're going to be by the time we're preteen. Um, because, you know, we, we, at that point have been largely developed in terms of personality Mm -hmm. now decision-making and the, you know, the brain finally, you know, fully growing that happens much later, double that even, you know, Mm -hmm. age wise. But when we're working with somebody, the goal isn't when I walk in to say, you know, you're wrong in this area, Mm -hmm. I I might help them look at, okay, what do you, where do you want to get to? And when we put hope into a situation, I, it, winning is has been proven to be as addictive as hmm. any drug out there. Yeah. Um, you know, the chemicals that juice up in our brain when we win are incredible. And so if I can help somebody get those chemicals juicing because they're seeing that this new skill set that they have, the way that they're handling the situation is helping them be more productive, then that's where you know, it sticks. And just as you were saying a minute ago, the 
Like it may be three or four years later before you realize, okay, I beat my head up against the wall one too many times <laughs> by not yeah. changing the skill set. <laughs> but it was in there. You know, yeah. you and I, you had practiced it. It was there to go to. Yeah. And I expect that. I mean, we grow like almost a heartbeat monitor. We try new behavior, we fall off from it. We mm -hmm. try it again, we fall off of it. Hopefully over time, the trajectory of it is that we're improving. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and change is hard for anyone, right? And that's one of the things I know when I worked with you from a coaching perspective that, well, first of all, I had to decide that what you were suggesting actually might be a better better approach, <laughs> you know, which I'm just not kind of wired for that. Um, but like you said, then it was, okay, I could wrap my head around it and then I had to practice it. And even sometimes when it worked, it was like, meh. Okay, well, it, I mean, it worked, but like, it's very easy to fall back into, you know, old habits it's and old very rhythms. Easy. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's like kind of building that muscle of like, this is a better way to facilitate a meeting, or this is a better way to interact with my boss, or this is a, mm -hmm. you know, a more, and by better for me, at least personally, it was more productive getting outcomes that I was happier with, you know, less stress, perhaps in preparing for, you know, similar events that were happening over and over and over, um, those sorts of things. So yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get that whole, like, it just takes, takes time for sure. Yeah. I use myself as an example because I had feedback for years that I was too blunt and anybody that knows me knows <laughs> that I can go, I know, hush, hush, hush. <laughs> I can go right to the issue of something and almost be oblivious to the person receiving it, mm -hmm. which, you know, that's not consulting. That's insulting. Um, oh, I like that. And, I like yeah, that a lot, actually. <laughs> it fits. And so, you know, I had all that feedback and finally I took this inventory that I use and realized that, oh gosh, out of 99 points and most people score, like 70% of people are going to score around 25. I was a one. Hmm. And, you know, it <laughs> helped me get a yeah. new perspective and go, oh, crud here. I got to work on that. Yeah. But I didn't, I'm still blunt. I mean, anybody that knows me knows I'm blunt, but I have picked up all kinds of skills to stop and you know, I call it add words like you'd add salt to flavor something. <laughs> I add words. I ask questions. Yeah. I um, compliment, you know, not false compliment, but I encourage a lot more rather than going just, dang it, go get this done. Yeah. <laughs> Which would so have I'm, not worked very well with me. Just, I mean, no, you know. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, recognizing you know, like with me, you can be as blunt as you want with you, you're wired differently. So right. of course I'm going to be, um, better at delivering that message. And I think that's the thing about the coaching industry that I really appreciate is, um, I think that there are a number of people out there who kind of call themselves coach, but I'm always real careful to say, have you done your training? Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, part of being an executive coach is that I have to kind of, um, leave what I want for the person in the car mm -hmm. and bring to the table the listening ear for what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was going to be one of my questions too, because there's, I mean, you can look in any city, in any community and find people who are either doing just what you said, coaching, you know, like, so they're a professional mm -hmm. coach or whatever, um, or executive coach. Um, and I always wonder, um, you know, are there, are there certain credentials that are out there are certain pathways that people choose? Or like, if you say you're an executive coach and people might say, well, I'm not an executive, uh, you know, like I don't run mm -hmm, a company mm -hmm. or maybe I don't even manage people necessarily. So I wouldn't consider myself, um, an executive, you know, is coaching still 
something that I maybe should consider if I'm in a professional setting. Yeah. Yeah. I really, so again, going back to what is a coach, um, the, the real heartbeat of a coach is, um, you know, I am looking at your situation and I'm helping figure out what you want and I'm helping you get better at that thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, think about it as a, um, I, I have a friend whose kids go to a running coach because they Mm -hmm. are runners. They're actually, one of them's on a big track scholarship right now. Mm -hmm. And so that coach taught them how to get faster at running, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what a coach does is it helps you get better at something hopefully if they're a good coach, um, (laughs) you know, and so at the root of that, that's the heart of coaching. So then, um, I had somebody call me recently and said, you know, I'm searching for an executive coach and all of y'all's websites are very confusing. (laughs) And I, I said, okay, back up. What are you looking for? And, you know, there are, um, there's, there's a life coach, you can get somebody mm-hmm. to help you, you know, like I'm, I have multiple certifications. One of them is life coaching. What do you want out of your life? What are your goals in all aspects of your life? Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who are diet coaches who are nutritionists and will help you figure out your food intake. Um, executive coach is really um, the term is intended to be for someone that's trying to work on improving their career, you know, mm-hmm. their skills in creating a living through their career. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think executive can throw people off sometimes that, you know, wait, I'm not the president of the company. Um, But that, you know, it's just, it it should, you know, if you call it a career coach, like I'll do career coaching with people, but a lot of that is what career would I fit into and how would I find that job? Hmm. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there are different levels of that Mm -hmm. and, most of it is just walking into it with your um, head on straight about what your goal is in it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I, f- I find that, you know, it depends on how people landed working with me as to whether or not that goal's formalized or not. I mean, when a company hires me because they have somebody that really has got to get coached out of some bad patterns that they've created, you know, sometimes they're a little resistant, like mm-hmm. this is being pushed on me. Right. Um, and I, you know, I'm quick to back up and say, okay, so what? You still get coaching. So let's work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody's <laughs> paying to have you coach. So let's yeah, right. make it productive. What do you want to accomplish? Let's yeah. make this fun, you know? Yeah. Um, but that, you know, I mean, so many of the situations are different and that's why I always go back to, um, you know, people need to have some level of training walking into this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, there's International Federation of Coaches, there's Life Coach um, International, there's multiple areas to be able to get to, um, you know, some certifications in coaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do believe that there are people who are naturally wired to coach, but I also think that part of the training and why I think it's important has to do with being able to um, kind of take me out of the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need you to be what I think you could live up to be. Yeah. I need to be able to be a paid professional listener. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And so we've kind of talked along the way just with examples and things. What are some of the reasons that someone might consider seeking um, an executive coach, but just sort of in a maybe tighter soundbite, or maybe there's like, for you, there's 
a top three or a top five reasons. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, for example, maybe a company actually has what they think is a promising, you know, leader, but needs some coaching. And so a company might come to you and say, hey, you know, can you help with this person? But I mean, what do you sort of see as, you know, a person might want to consider an executive coach? What, what mm-hmm. would they might be specifically trying to accomplish? Yeah, I would say that they it comes to me in certain categories. Mm-hmm. One would be somebody wants to get better and they're just so goal driven and motivated that they want to jump start. They okay. want to they're really owning their career and they want that jump start. Mm-hmm. I think the second is somebody comes uh, to me or their company suggested because they're just not seeing how their behavior patterns are impacting the people around them mm-hmm. and they need help, you know, getting a new perspective on that and getting some new raw skills to be able to communicate about that um, to people. And I, I think the third category that I see most often is somebody coming and they're just confused. They've just hit a point where they don't understand how to navigate the corporate waters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're frustrated by the way that they're being treated and they need help in understanding how do I navigate this and assert my way through to continue to be known for having a huge contribution in this organization. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's great. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking, and that's me, and that's me, and that's me. And that's me. <laughs> All of those things. No, um, you know, and that's and that's kind of why we're doing this podcast series. And we're, t- you know, we've talked to um, some different folks, some sp- like spiritual director and counselors and psychiatrists, psychologists. Like, just there are lots of different ways I think that people can find resources to help them live their best life. And certainly when you think about the number of hours and you probably know the actual stats, I don't, but like the number of hours we spend at work versus the rest of our life. Um, and if you're not getting satisfaction out of Mm -hmm. your job and there's a way to potentially either adjust your own behaviors or seek out a different pathway or whatever, I mean, how great is that? (laughs) If you can take that big block of your time that you're dedicating to your work, um, and make it more, um, more joy filled for you, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That the ripple effect is just incredible. I mean, I got a letter on Tuesday of this week that was somebody and he literally, I asked him if I could use it on my website because it was, he said, I don't know if you remember meeting me back in 2016. Mm -hmm. He said, you really challenged me that I could stay in the field I'm in, but I could find a different new way of doing it. And I never thought about that before. And this change in paradigm and perspective really challenged me to think differently about how I was approaching the work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And he said, out of the blue, I, a friend of mine said, have you ever considered this? And he said, it just popped into my head that I wouldn't have even considered it if you hadn't planted that seed as we were talking. And he said, so I just finished my first six months in my dream job. Oh, that's great. I know. Isn't that fun? He said, well, it was definitely a pay cut. I'm happier. My family's happier. I'm spending Mm -hmm. more time with them. I'm more fulfilled. And I'm just incredibly thankful that you helped me look at this in a different way. Yeah. That's like, fantastic. See, there's my addiction again. <laughs> You're like, hey, the winning chemicals went off in my brain. Like, let's go I do know. more of that. Yeah. Well, and I want to go back to something that you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, which, um, again, maybe something that our listeners haven't really thought of, and I didn't really um, until we had a chance to talk, which is um, 
being able to use some of the um, testing that you do and the, just the experience that you have to help people perhaps early in their career or maybe pre-career, I don't, I mean, I don't really know, but to sort of understand, it sounds like understand maybe how they're wired and to mm-hmm. what sorts of careers they might actually draw the most enjoyment from. Because I, I mean, right, especially I think nowadays with like kids going to college and stuff like that and how expensive it is. And I mean, I'm not going to say how old I am, but even my parents were like, we're paying, you know, there's a lot of money for you to go to school. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, yeah, we want you to be happy, but we also also want you to not live at home, you know? And so that can be complicated. And, you know, I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just wonder then what you've seen or if you have thoughts around like how young can someone quote unquote get executive coaching or maybe that's a different kind of coaching, but like, it sounds like the principles apply maybe. The principles of coaching are all the same. Um, You know, it's, it's reaching out and getting uh, wisdom in an area that, can jumpstart you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah, we have a a program called college than what, um, that helps look at career. And honestly, that was sort of a, I stumbled into it because so many people were like, can you help my student? Can you help my, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm on year three of paying tuition for my student and I, they all know what they're doing (laughs) and I'm watching the money roll, you Mm -hmm. know, um, or I have adults. I just talked to somebody this week who, um, is coming back into the workforce after being at home with kids. And, mm-hmm. um, you That's know, it's huge. like, yeah, do I invest in, in school again? Are there jobs out there for moms, you know, coming back in? And I, what I find is, you know, I always start with a behavioral um, inventory just because it helps me see why how people are wired mm-hmm. and, um, again, speeds up the process of instead of me spending five hours with them, they take a 30 minute inventory. Um, and then, you know, really being able to help point somebody in the direction of a career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would call that career coaching versus executive coaching. Gotcha. Um, and, but, you know, again, it's all coming back to this, that concept of don't stay stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, you know, if you, if you need a bridge to think about things in a new way, then hire one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, I laugh when people come to me and they're like, I've been networking for a job. I've been networking and I can't find one. And I'm like, okay, well, what are people telling you in, in your networking time? They're all critiquing my resume. And I just laugh because I'm like, okay, well now I know the answer to that. <laughs> when somebody is critiquing your resume is because they don't know how to help you. And you've invited them to a meeting to try to help you and you're not telling them. So they want to help. So they're telling you what to do with your resume. Right. And, you know, we've got to get really smart about how do you network with people? How do you connect with people? How do you get people to help you? Mm-hmm. And you and I worked on a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. Of, <laughs> yes. You know, how do you click off that empathic nerve center in the brain and get people to want to be on your team, supporting you, helping you get where you want to go and job hunting's that way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, clearly I could talk about this for hours because it's so exciting to me to work with people on, um, you know, our brains are so wired to go into convergent thinking. Yes, no, black, white, mm-hmm. this job, that job, fight, flight. Um, and, you know, I say, gosh, here, let me help you with divergent thinking. Mm-hmm. Let's do some exercises that get you out of the box of where you're stuck. And see what we come up with. Permission to brainstorm. Yeah, I love that. 
and it's it's always helpful, I think, to have someone challenge you in that way. It can be a very, mm-hmm. very hard thing to do and isolating to try to do that in your own space oh, in your yeah. own head yeah. for sure yeah yeah because I mean you got yourself stuck there so you need somebody else to help <laughs> right. open exactly. the, you know like exactly and I do the same thing yeah. yeah I mean I I am definitely the um the I mean I I got my support team around me too yeah I believe yeah. in it so much I'm like yeah. I'm not gonna knock my head up against the wall on this I'm making an appointment yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah no that makes a lot of sense well so you've mentioned a couple times that you do an inventory you mentioned, I mean, obviously there's meetings invo- involved, but I mean, just talk to me about, so if somebody says, you know what, I like, maybe it's, I, I want a promotion. Like I see a pathway forward in the company that I'm in. I'm super excited about it. I don't really know how to get from here to there. Like, let's just take mm-hmm. that as the thing. Right. And so I decide, mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe what I want to explore is, is a relationship with an executive coach and maybe that can help me get to where I want to go. So just take me through kind of quickly, like what that experience would look like with you. I mean, obviously, depending on who someone would find as an executive coach, it might vary, right, from person right, to person. Right. But mm-hmm. f- from your perspective, kind of what's the paradigm, you know, what does the work look like with the coach? Yeah, yeah. The very first thing I'm going to do is run this Berkman inventory. Um, <clears throat> I work with other tools too, and I might pull those as needed, but this gives me such an in-depth look at somebody. It's, you know, Myers-Briggs or DISC on steroids mm-hmm. is what one of my colleagues says. <laughs> and um, I'm going to then, you know, really sit down and interview. I mean, I'm just going to ask every question under the sun. I'm going to try to get a whole picture of this person because we are a whole life of experiences and dreams and childhood and abilities and education and all that. So they're going to fill out some forms for me, but I'm really going to sit down and really start understanding them. Mm -hmm. And then the very first thing I'm going to do is, you know, once I realize what's important to them, excuse me, I am my, you can't put new stuff in to somebody who's over already overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in our industry, we call them distractions. I'm going to help them look at what are the things that are distracting them? What are the things that they need to tighten up and get efficient on so that they have room to put something in? Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, then that new behavior isn't going to stick. Right. Um, And people, it's hilarious because people are like, I like the way I'm doing things. Okay. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) Might be why you landed here. Right, right, exactly. Um, Let's brainstorm what you would be glad to let go of. Yeah. Everybody's wired differently. Um, And from there, we're really going to start getting that excitement flowing about what is the win if we did accomplish these goals? What's the vision of that? Mm -hmm. You know, doing some exercises around, do you see yourself in what your life would look like if you accomplished this? Mm -hmm. What would that be? Um, What are the things you need to let go of with these distractions? And from that point, it depends on what direction we're going. There are times when I don't feel like the person necessarily has good enough knowledge about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go back and ask if we can meet with some of the people that they work with. Um, Sometimes I'll do a 360 on them. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a written like survey thing um, that we'll send out from survey monkey. It, it, I need to understand at that point, how cognizant of this person is this person on their behaviors? Gotcha. And okay. if they're blind spots, I got to reveal those blind spots without tearing them up. Right. Yeah. 
which is you can know, be difficult for it sure. It can be, yeah, because that's not my goal. Yeah. I don't want somebody. I mean, I yeah, you know, in working with me, I will challenge you. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I don't want you walking out the door feeling like I in any way shamed or degraded or, you know, just right. rip the Band-Aid off. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So and then, it, you know, a lot of it is getting together in a regular pattern. It's just proven over and over again. When we sit down with somebody on a regular pattern of looking at our goals and taking out, you know, anything that's keeping us from getting there, removing distractions, staying with our patterns of success, um, and then celebrating, because I think that's one of the biggest things I see in companies is that they stink at celebrating. Mm, mm-hmm. um, oh, and yeah. they just don't take the time to do it. And we need to be celebrated. I mean, yeah. we need, you know, that encouragement. So that is the process. It, You know, some people that I've seen, in, you know, who are executive coaches have a very formalized, this is exactly what step we're doing next. Yep. Um, mine is a... I know what needs to be done, but I, I the individual is going to drive me. Mm-hmm. And so. yeah, and that was actually going to be kind of one of my corollary questions. And this is just because you and I have talked, obviously, lots of times, um, just being coached, but also kind of at po- post my coaching, which I'm pretty sure I still need some. But um, and you had made a point at at one point in time to talk talk about the fact that, um, and you even kind of started out your process here with like you look at the whole person. Um, and mm-hmm. work with the whole person. But in fact, some executive coaches specifically choose to work like they just want to deal like with the business layer mm-hmm. or kind of mm-hmm. one dimension of the person's being. And that's totally fine, too. But if someone mm-hmm. was thinking about um, hiring an executive coach, I think that's something that's very important for them to be aware of is sort of mm-hmm. what's that coach's philosophy about about how they're going to work. So are they going to come at it, you know, strictly from a professional, you know, facet perspective? Are they going to look at, like you said, the whole person, you know, do a whole inventory and, and that sort of thing? And so, and and different people like and want different things. Exactly, and yeah. Yeah. So I and think I've, that's important. I think that's a, I mean, yeah, huge point. People have to the only way coaching really works is that there's a level of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, being able to interview and say, you know, what's your process? Will that work for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am, I am much more of a behavior coach in terms of, I, I'm going to try to help you get some behaviors that stick. Yeah. And, you know, I worked with somebody last year that, I have such respect for and working with him though, he is very much, did you do this? Did you not? Mm. Did you get that done? Did you not? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would call that almost an accountability coach. Mm -hmm. And there were times that I would say, hang on, I'm not asking, did I do my checklist and somebody check on me? I'm a big girl. (laughs) That's not what I, you know, pretty motivated. Yeah. Um, I, I need help, you know, really thinking about my behaviors in these situations, mm-hmm. what what activates me, what makes me at my best, those kind of things. And, you know, it was really good because I got to experience how he works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also realized for me that I, I would never really be interested in doing that. I don't want to come in and manage somebody's, you know, did they, did they not? But that still could fall under executive coaching. Um, and he's been very successful doing that with some executives, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of that, 
um, tough man speak kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so have a great deal of respect for him. I just realized, you know, there's a reason you interview coaches because we all operate a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, and that kind of gets to our last question, which we've, again, kind of talked about these some of these things throughout the podcast. But, you know, if somebody's decided they want to work with an executive coach, you know, what are some of the things that they should look for when they're choosing someone to work with? And so um, I know you mentioned earlier there are some definitely some like designated coaching bodies out there mm-hmm. that you can get training mm-hmm. from and um, those sorts of things, interviewing, obviously, which honestly, it's interesting having now done several of these podcasts, talking to various different um, types of folks that, you know, kind of help you live your best life. There's common themes emerging as you would expect, right? One is mm-hmm. you have to feel trust with the person that you're, mm-hmm. you know, that you're working with, whether they're a spiritual director or a counselor or a coach, or, you know, you have to actually have <laughs> good rapport with them and feel comfortable with them. Um, and then you have to understand at least to the degree that you can, what the process might be that this person is going to work with you on, which is not to say that the process might not change over time or, you know, you decide, well, Mm -hmm. at first you're working Mm -hmm. on this kind of thing and it went so well and you did so awesome that like now we're going to work on this kind of thing. And maybe the coaching paradigm shifts in terms of how that work looks, but Mm -hmm. you know, the, like being comfortable with the process. But I mean, outside of those things, which are all huge, are there other sort of bullet list things that you would say, you know, definitely I would ask these questions or I would look for these credentials or I'd make sure I understand these couple of things, you know, before getting into a, um, a relationship with a coach. Mm-hmm. The, I, for me, and you know, you could probably ask all a bunch of us that question and we all might answer very differently. So mm-hmm. from, from my perspective, the, the trust piece is over the top. The training piece is over the top. Um, the experience is mm. critical. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm in Cincinnati where there are a lot of really big companies and I see people all the time, you know, P&G will have a layoff and then all of a sudden everybody's out consulting and coaching. And, you know, I'm always a little leery of that because I'm, you know, just because you could do it, do a specific job or, you know, lead Mm -hmm. a division at a company doesn't parlay necessarily into that you are a trained coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I always, I mean, I gave away hundreds of hours over the years to build my skills to a certain place. And when I, you know, see somebody that is coaching with somebody that's just fresh out of retirement or something, I'm always like, okay, that makes me a little nervous because when you're dealing with people and their behavior and you're the trusted person helping them change, you want to know what you're doing. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can damage people. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're vulnerable. They're trying to grow. They're, you know, they're taking your advice and your business advice might be over the moon, Mm -hmm. but you're the way that you're coaching needs to be handled with great respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That Um, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So just, you know, I'm always kind of careful with people to say, just interview on what their training and their philosophy and their experience is. Um, Because, you know, I mean, even in the business coaching work, I was in a meeting a while back with somebody who had just left a big, big, huge company and was uh, the owner. I was so stunned he did this, but he put us both in the room and kind of 
wanted us to sort of pit against one another on who was going to get the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was very awkward. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, how blunt and honest I am about things. And I, I just yeah. said, you know, I have been, I've been set in the room with this person, you know, and the, normally they interview us separately, but here's what I've seen is just because you could do it in a huge company with tons of resources doesn't mean that that advice necessarily works for this size organization. Right. And so again, same thing with coaching. You've got, somebody's got to have that knowledge of what is the whole picture of what's going on with this person? Who are they? And I got to be able to leave my ego at the door Mm -hmm. and it takes training. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, training and practice, I would think over time. I mean, you get mm-hmm. trained and then you have like, like a, those of us who are being coached, you have to learn the behavior and then you have to try it and then mm-hmm. tweak it and whatever. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Well, we covered a ton today. I really do appreciate you, like I said, taking the time to share with us about executive coaching. And we got like bonus footage, right? So executive coaching, we talked about career coaching, we talked about college, then what? Like, I mean, so there's, I love that there's, um, There's so many ways to sort of get help to move you along your trajectory Mm -hmm. when it comes to your career um, Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, which is, I mean, hopefully our listeners are inspired by what you've said. Um, I I mean, I am because I've personally, (laughs) like I said, worked with you and know firsthand kind of what solid executive coaching can produce in terms of um, just behavior change, satisfaction and work and things like that. Um, and so that's, it's super great to know that you're out there to know that there are other coaches out there and how to maybe find one for folks that, you know, fit their style and their needs. So that's kind of what we're about. So, um, for those folks that are listening, you can obviously find Cindy online. She's at the whiningercompany.com. We will put that in the podcast notes because I'm not going to spell Weininger. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> on the, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll have some reference material in the podcast notes for folks if they're interested in finding you specifically. So, um, But we do super appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. This has been really great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to talk about all this, and I hope it helps. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Humarian.